G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. But we're joined now, lucky to be joined by Sam at Duncan. All thanks to Holmes Glen. Upskill your career, learn more, do more at Holmes Glen to discuss the media landscape. Sam, welcome to you. G'day, great to be with you. Likewise, likewise. Let's uh, take a look. The ratings. You want to do a little bit of a deep dive into that tonight? Yeah, well, it's really interesting, I think, because we've, you know, we know the crowds are down for the AFL uh, quite substantially, and we know um, that over the last five or so years, less people are watching TV, um, and as a result, probably watching less of Channel Seven and less of the traditional Foxtel um, product. But this year, ratings are actually up. AFL audiences are up by around 12%, and that was over the first six rounds. Um, and then if you go back to 2019, which is probably the, the last comparable season just because of the problems or COVID issues that 2020 and 2021 um, led us down the path of, it's still up 11.5%. And I don't think that's a surprise. I think we've become very much a more... Um, you know, television-based audience over the COVID years. And I think there's huge challenges for the AFL and other sports, for that matter, to get people back out and about and at matches to the same volume that they were back in 2019 and before. Now, we we can't... The, the figures to get hold of for a streaming service is incredibly hard to, to get from back in 2019. So looking at the impact and the rise of that over the course of COVID as well, we, we have to factor into the equation. The d- direction that you see it going, so if this trend continues, Sam, how vitally important does it become to not only have the free-to-air provider and the traditional services, but also the streaming services? How vitally important does that become? Absolutely vital. I mean, I still think in the Australian market, free-to-air television is so important. I mean, overseas in bigger markets where it must be said from a cultural perspective as well, they're more used to watching sport behind a paywall or having to pay for content. It might be different. But in Australia, there's still an expectation from a large majority of Australians that you can at least access some of your favourite sport for free. But the other thing in our market, it is I say this every week, but it's one of the most cluttered and competitive markets in the world. And if you want to be competitive or if you want to maintain your ascendancy, you have to be accessible. You have to be easily accessible. And you have to be easily accessible across all forms of media and all platforms. But part of that is being accessible for free on free to air. Um, and the other part is being accessible to all sorts of different age demographics on whatever platform they want, be it TV, tablet or phone um, and so the AFL has that but but you know increasingly people are gravitating towards streaming over the last five years television audiences across the board not just sport are down by more than 20 percent that doesn't mean less people are consuming content it just means less people are consuming content in different ways and they're streaming content and I thought it was really interesting that Channel 7 said this week that at the next rights when we bid we want a digital component as well I mean, they wanted streaming component because at the end of the day, they don't care necessarily whether you're watching um, the footy on 
TV or whether you're streaming it, but they care about whether you're watching or streaming on a seven platform. So that's a really interesting um, watch and see as well. And particularly to try and get advertisers too. If you've got multiple eyeballs on multiple platforms that you own, it's the more money you can charge to bring in advertising for that. What's the incentive then from a consumer perspective? I mean, we're all going out, we're all getting these streaming services and spending money. If, for instance, and there's been the speculation in recent weeks, if Paramount Plus, for example, gets the uh, AFL rights the next time around and, and the, they become the dedicated streaming platform, what effect do you think that will have on the other streaming providers and also the traditional subscription pay TV? Well, I think it's going to have a significant impact, particularly on on KO and particularly on Foxtel and, of course, particularly their owners, News Corp. I mean, if Paramount were to grab a hold of this, it would just shake up their whole business model over at uh, Foxtel because they have used sport for years. Since they first arrived in the early 90s, they have used sport as a battering ram, if you like, to get into lounge rooms of Australia. And now in the digital age, they're using it as a battering ram um, to, to work their way into the consumer habits and preferences of Generation Z and Millennials. Uh, and that's why we can expect that they will not leave uh, the party easily they are going to probably put their flag in the ground and say no 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 we're here for the fight as well uh because what foxtel slash ko have done is said we're no longer interested as much in the tier b and tier c sports we're all all in on tier a premium content that we know australians love and we know australians will pay for and that is afl nrl and cricket and that's what they have if they were to lose one of them it would have a really significant impact so i would suggest that they are rolling up their sleeves as we speak and they are ready to fight and i also wouldn't be surprised if gil mclaughlin and his team who are over in the united states i wouldn't be surprised if they're catching up with the murdochs to also talk about what ko and foxtel can contribute uh, and provide in the next round of broadcasting rights. They haven't been mentioned, but make no mistake, they'll be the table because AFL as premium content is just way too important for them. Vitally important to their survival long term. Do you see the day, and I know anti-siphoning laws at the moment currently would prevent this, but who knows what could happen to them long term given the changing media landscape. Could you see the day where we have to pay to access vision for AFL. Do you see it fully becoming either a subscription-based product or a streaming-based product, and that that is the only way to consume it if it's behind a paywall? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Because, I mean, the bigger picture here is, is that it's becoming increasingly difficult for traditional media to make money. Because there was a time where the media landscape consisted of TV, radio and print. And if advertisers wanted to advertise, well, then they advertised with TV, radio or print. Now we have an abundance of digital media with sophisticated algorithms that can ensure that an advertiser's money is spent well. That is, that they will reach the audience that advertiser wants to reach. Uh, And as a result of that, 
more than 60 cents to every of every new dollar spent in online advertising goes to Google and Facebook. Um, some reports have it as much as 80%. That leaves 20%, 20 cents, basically, for every single other online outlet. So if you look at technology's growth and you look at the business models that exist, there might be a stage where it's no longer profitable just to rely on advertising revenue to survive. And as a result of that, you will have to start charging subscriptions. So free-to-air television and free content exists at the moment as long as those outlets are profitable. If it becomes uh, such that the cost, then we'll be paying for all content, not just sport, all content. Do you, do you feel as if COVID's accelerated that change? And I know COVID's accelerated a lot of things, including working away from the office, etc. Do you think this is one of the other byproducts of the pandemic? Well, it, it certainly made life tough for free-to-air networks who rely on advertising revenue to make a buck. Uh, because advertisers themselves, i.e. companies, um, were under siege themselves. And so they didn't spend as much on advertising and it had a significant flow-on effect. There's no doubt about that. Now, you know, there's been recent reports about the advertising market bouncing back and and as a result of that, media organisations bouncing back and having a pretty good year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, It'll just be interesting to see how resilient media organisations and free-to-air networks are. But I I also think it it probably really impacted in many ways um, consumer habits. Like during lockdown, a lot of people that didn't have subscriptions got subscriptions. A lot of people that didn't have KO got KO uh, because there was one saving grace, particularly in the 2020 season, and that was that for a period of time they were playing footy every day of the week. And so people very much did become more accustomed, and I'm probably talking about older people here, not necessarily teens and 20-somethings who are already accustomed, but people did become more accustomed to new forms of consuming content. And so, yeah, I think it did accelerate that, and I think it therefore means that the next broadcasting rights or the next media rights, uh, people are more ready to be adaptable to whatever is thrown up. And if that's streaming, it's streaming. It no longer scares people. It's happening. It's been happening for a long time and it's going to happen more in the future. Sam Duncan joining us from Holmes Glen, the sports media teacher with his finger on the pulse. So how important then is it for the broadcasters to demand this rolling fixture? Because there's been all sorts of links drawn to the fact that it helps to increase eyeballs, particularly if you've put blockbuster games on. How does that all influence things and whether we'll continue to see it, particularly as part of the next broadcast rights deal? Well, it's going to be a big part of it because if you're investing, the current rights deal is $2.508 billion over six years. It ends up being about uh, $460 million a year, and, and I think next year and the year after, that goes to 473 That's a big investment. If you as a broadcaster, if you as a, a, a media organisation are investing that much money, then what's your return? Well, you want to maximise your return. And so you strategize around how you maximise your return. No one invests in anything 
unless they know there's going to be some sort of a return. So increasingly, we're going to see the broadcasters or the streamers or the media outlets that have the rights trying to dictate exactly what the fixture looks like because they want to maximise demand for their product. And the product is everything. And so is certain time slots. And, and, you know, Friday night we know is the prime time slot. Thursday night very much right up there as well. And then we've got Saturday evenings too. The thing about the rolling fixture, which is really interesting, is it's rolling to an extent. But after round six, um, they locked in the rounds 14 and 15. So you're forecasting nine weeks ahead. Mm. And you're doing that for a range of reasons, for certainty for the teams, for certainty for the spectators, and to a lesser extent, the, the media partners. But there's a lot of guesswork involved when you are not choosing the fixture week to week. Rather, you're fixturing it, in this instance, nine weeks out. And you're getting all sorts of combinations which people question. Then you've got to also factor in the breaks between games as well for players and the, the current arrangement that's with the players' CBA. So it's a whole minefield to, to navigate on that front. Dovetailing into that, though, seems to be the trialling more of these double-headers on Friday night. Are we cannibalising the product by putting games up against each other on a Friday night or overlapping and it broaden that out to also the weekend. Is it cannibalising the product? Could you be getting more bang for your buck if they were individual games, isolated games? Well, yeah, you definitely could. I mean, this overlap of games has been happening forever, right? I mean, we all used to play at 2.10 or 2.30 on a Saturday and then mostly on a Saturday and some on a Sunday and then Friday night. So overlapping games is not new. Uh, why is it an issue now? Well, because, again, return on your investment has been exacerbated given the amount of money that broadcasters and streamers are paying. And then consumerism of the product is also through the roof. And fans now, because of their consumer habits, expect to be able to regain if they want. So that's why it's become an issue. Now, the two Friday night games is very interesting because Friday night is prime time and it's Channel 7's chance in particular as the free-to-air broadcaster to generate a national audience of about a million people. And not a lot of products attract a million people. And they use that time to sell big advertising packages. But not only that, they use that time to sell their own product watch Sunrise with Kochi, make sure you're watching The Voice, whatever it is. It's a great opportunity to treat footy like a billboard to sell all your other programs. So I just wonder how happy or disgruntled they would be about this Friday night doubleheader. Fox footy point of view, tomorrow um, night, or, or let's take round three, when the showdown was played um, on the same night as Essendon and Melbourne, Foxtel basically owned Adelaide that night. They were exclusive into a whole market. And not only that, they weren't exclusive into a market on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. They were exclusive in a high-demand time slot, which was Friday evening. So it gave them exclusivity over a market in prime time. And they're hoping that leads to increased ratings but increase subscriptions. So for them, it's not a bad idea. Does it cannibalise the product? Well, yeah. Instead of everyone watching one game, they'll 
divided between two. But from Fox footy, they're like, well, we were going to have to cover that footy on Saturday afternoon anyway when ratings would have been minute. But we got to cover it during prime time and we're exclusive into a market and it worked okay for us. Well, I suppose the streaming services associated with the, that would be also happy because if you did cannibalise and weren't able to miss, you'd be able to go and play it back at a later time, which is also the convenience of streaming. Just before we let you go, Sam, and I'm always fascinated by these discussions, given that not only I work in it, but just in general, it's there's so much changing and involve, evolving constantly, including some comments made by James Warburton this week regarding the broadcast rights. Can you quickly expand on that? Yeah, well, it was really interesting, I thought. I mean, there seems to be this assumption that there's going to be change, uh, that 10 and Paramount might, might come in or that 7's old and stale or, or that Foxtel won't be up for the fight. I, I'm not sure about that. But James Warburton basically said, listen, um, you know, we're not going to sell the farm. He said, we're not going to blow our brains out. We've done the numbers. We know what we're going to bid and we're going to bid for a digital component. So he's been quite calculated about this, saying you can overspend on these sorts of things. But he did the maths and he said if Paramount paid what Foxtel were paying, they'd need 3 million subscribers, paying them 15 bucks a month for the footy season, basically just to break even. In other words, he's saying, is it really feasible for Paramount to come in and, and take the rights? Would they get 3 million subscribers? Would they get it at $15? a month considering footy and the A-Leagues, all that they've got? Um, or would it be too much of a stretch? And therefore, I think he was casting aspersions on just how big their bid might be. I reckon Foxtel's up for the fight. I reckon Seven will be fairly calculated because Seven uh, Sport's big for them. But it was very interesting that he was saying, yep, look, we're aware of the interest. We reckon we know what these rights are worth and that's what we're going to bid. And what happens from there is going to be very interesting. Foxtel currently have almost 4 million subscribers um, and they're able to charge more for their traditional subscriptions. So it's about 45 bucks for the basic, but you can have people paying up over 100. At the moment, Paramount are asking you for $8.99. So even on the economies of scale, things are very different there and Foxtel's probably in a, in a better position. So we'll wait and see for uh, the bidding war to begin. And uh, oh, I think there'll be twists and turns. There could be new players, but I think it's going to be very interesting. And given that the positioning has already started, it's just going to be fascinating how it all unfolds. And hopefully we can lean on you a bit more, Sam, to help navigate through what's going to be a very interesting period when it comes to media rights, particularly for the AFL. Appreciate you jumping on the line, mate. We'll hopefully chat again soon. Good on you, Coxie. Have a good night. You too. Sam Duncan joining us from Holmes Glen. And a reminder, you can study sports business, health or building and construction. Apply now, learn more, do more at Holmes Glen. Sam Duncan joining us as part of his regular chat here on The Sporting Capital. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.